catalog. Nothing personal word of the day. It is Friday. Yes, it is. You made it to Friday, May 28, 2021. The word of the day is catalog. So much going on in baseball today. So much going on in all sports. We have a lot to cover. We got to start right now. This second. The clock is ticking. Coca said, make sure you're efficient. You got five things that you've got to communicate to the audience today. <laughs> and I'm starting like this. Exactly how he told me not to start. All right. I want the 45 minutes to start again. Here we go. Catalog. Nothing personal word of the day. May 28th, 2021. Catalog, as in Josh Donaldson. Who? Remember Josh Donaldson signed with the Twins? Free agent contract, the Twins stink. They were my pick to win the division. They're terrible. There's still time for them to recover. Not really. So I told you yesterday something that I believe and feel and still believe and feel, and that is players, hitters are okay with pitchers doctoring the baseball. They want the pitchers to have better grip, better control. What I didn't mention is that while I said it in a blanket way, I should have been a teeny weeny bit more specific. Hitters don't want pitchers to cheat in a way that will increase their spin rate or will give them a better breaking ball, better anything. They want pitchers to cheat in order to get I just said a better anything, Coca. They do want them to get a better something, just not everything. The better something that hitters want pitchers to have is command. Josh Donaldson was asked about what was going on with all the foreign substances, and he lost his mind. He acknowledged that he has, wait for it, a catalog of every pitcher who cheats and how they cheat. All I kept thinking is, what the hell are you doing? Why are you saying that publicly? Because now MLB is going to go to the union and they're going to say, hey, we now have information that one of your members has done all the work that we're trying to do. We're trying to confiscate caps and we're looking for Vaseline and KY jelly and we're looking for sunscreen and we're looking at uniforms. We're grilling clubhouse managers and the laundry people. We're trying to find everything to get our grip, a grip on what's happening. And you've got a player who has everything cataloged, cataloged. It's like a dream come true. I'm just picturing Mike Hill calling up the twins GM whose name completely escapes me. I want to say his first name is Derek, and I want to say his last name is Salvi or Falvi. I'm so sorry for getting your name wrong. And by the way, you may not even be the GM of the Twins, but whatever, Mike Hill calls him up. Thad Levine, thank you, Coca. Who's Derek? Why, do I, why is that name in my head? Is that anyone you can find, Coca, during the show? Because I'm not looking. We have way too much to do for me to find out and look who Derek Falvi or Salvi is. So Mike Hill calls him up and says, uh, can I speak to Josh, please? Is he there? Is he home? Is he at the ballpark? What kind of catalog exactly does he have? Is there a video accompanying this catalog? Is it just notes in a book that he keeps like Carlos Delgado did on every at-bat he ever had in the big leagues? 
Does he have any specifics as to how this happens? What the results are? Which pitchers? Is it teams? Is it by person? Just curious. If you could maybe tell me, that'd be great. Hey, thank you, Coca. I'm not crazy. That didn't take you long. Derek Falvey is the Twins president of baseball operations. It's not Thad Levine. It is Derek Falvey. That's who he'd be calling. It's Friday, and all the synapses are on point right now. Because in 41 minutes, I'm going full lover boy. Everybody's working for the weekend. That's it. Officially lost my mind. Do you know that baseball players, we ask them to police themselves? We ask them to police themselves in the clubhouse. We ask them to police themselves on the field. We want not to have the front office get involved. Managers would always prefer that all of the rules that the manager has are enforced by the veteran players, that the manager doesn't have to call a team meeting. Every president and every GM doesn't want to go down and meet the players about anything. You want to have as few meetings as possible because when you have a meeting, it means nothing good is happening. And if you don't put a team together that has any veteran leadership, then it's very hard to have anything policed. And when it comes to all the cheating that's going on, that pitchers are certainly have been doing, are doing, when it comes to all the supplements that players have taken, are taking, will take. Steroids, supplements, cream, clear, Vaseline. Doesn't matter. Do you know why the players really don't police that? Because they don't want to get in the way of a player making a decision that could impact his career financially. So there are players who have watched other players do steroids and have chosen not to do them. Jeff Conine's a great example. He never did it. He saw people do it, knows, knows players who did it. He made a decision not to do it. But he doesn't tell other players what to do. Pitchers see each other put crap on their cap or their uniform, under their uniform. Hey, if that's what you need to do to get through the game, they see players shoot up Toradol, get shots just to because they're in so much pain, they're hurt. They know when each other is hurt, but they don't tell the training staff or the team president because they're protecting each other. They know when players are out of options. They know when players have incentive clauses. Players know what are go what's going on with other players on their team, period, in every way. So for Josh Donaldson to come public with his catalog indicates that there is a tiny fissure going on Similar to what happens when Trevor Bauer does what Trevor Bauer does and causes Carlos Correa to say, hey, I don't like Trevor Bauer. He's not my friend. All of this is fine, except for right now, if I'm Tony Clark, the head of the Players Union. As we enter into this negotiating of a new collective bargaining agreement, I need goose fraba. That's what I need with the players. Coca, that may be a reference that you're not with me on. I wish you were. Goose Flaba. By the way, side note, Derek Jeter is in that movie with Roger Clemens saying Goose Flaba. It's called anger management. 
It was a movie with Adam Sandler and uh, uh, Jack Nicholson and Marissa Tomei. That is what Tony Clark wants from his players. He wants kumbaya because what the owners see, any tiny split, any crack, they're going to exploit it. That's why the commissioner of baseball, whether it was Bud Selig or Rob Manford, is so crazy about finding owners who speak to the media during collective bargaining, finding owners who have any sort of public spat against each other. It's not because they're worried what you're going to think as a fan. No, it's all about not showing weakness to their opponent, the Players Association. We are a united front. It's not pitchers against hitters. It's not small market teams against large market teams. United we stand, divided we fall. And the players have fallen in terms of their leverage, in terms of what they've gotten in collective bargaining. And any sort of divisiveness that is manifesting itself in a way that you don't see very often in baseball is not good for players. So if you are Josh Donaldson, and you have a catalog of every pitcher cheating, do you know what you do? You keep it to yourself. Who's watching baseball yesterday? Did you watch the Cubs-Pirates game? I'm breaking down a play. We're not a highlight show. I'm not giving you results. I'm not telling you who won the Cubs-Pirates game. GTS if you want. Google that shit. I'm talking about a play in 18 years I've never seen, and it happened last night, 18 years in the game. Not one time have I seen it. I'm not sure I've seen it in my 53 years on this green earth. Javi Baez on the Cubs hits ground ball to third base. Third baseman throws to first base, throws wide to first base. Check out the clip while you're listening to this. If you're on the YouTube channel, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, you'd have to open up another YouTube window. I don't think you can watch two video clips at once. Therefore, you may have to pause me or just go subscribe on your podcast app, and then you can watch the video having subscribed to the Nothing Personal YouTube channel and listen to the pod having followed on Spotify and subscribed and rated on Apple. You could do all those things, and you'd see Javi Baez grounding the third base. Third baseman throws to first. It's up the line, down the line. Do you know, I don't know whether it's up the line or down the line, and neither do people in baseball. When a ball is, people say, if it's to the outfield side of first base, it's up the line. If it's to the home plate side, it's down the line. I always say to the home plate side is down is up the line, and to the outfield side is down the line. People say it both ways. Sometimes you can go both ways. Who's going to say anything? Ball is down the line. Javi Baez stops. As a base runner, you are taught when there is a runner on third base and you have an opportunity to not be put out. A put out is when a throw to first, the first baseman steps on first or the second baseman who's ever covering the way shifts are could be the center fielder these days. When you step on first base and the batter has not reached first base, guess what? You're out. But if you don't step on first base as a defender, you then have to tag the runner. And if you don't tag the runner or step on first base, then that runner is safe until one of two things happens. Either the runner gets tagged, the runner runs out of the baseline, that's two, or the defender steps on first base. Three things. So 
Javi Baez running to first. He sees the throw is offline, down the line, up the line, stop, drop, and roll. Runner on third base is creeping home. Javi Baez turns around, runs towards home. There's a third base runner running toward home. There is a first base hitter running toward home. They meet at the plate. The first baseman of the Pirates runs, jogs, walks, saunters, dilly-dallies toward home plate from first base, doesn't catch Javi Baez, sees that the runner from third is now about to score, throws to home plate. The runner scores. The run doesn't count because Javi Baez has to get to first base. Little known fact here. Do you know that when the runner on third scores on a ground ball with two outs, that run doesn't count until the batter secures first base. Are you with me? All the Pirates had to do was get Javi Baez out by either tagging him, having him run out of the baseline or touching first base. And the runner from third could score, go to the dugout, shower, eat, go to In-N-Out Burger, and then go back to his hotel. And guess what? He wouldn't be safe. So the Pirates don't know this rule. Is that possible? Javi Baez knows the rule. He sees the runner scores. He's standing at home plate. He says, holy shnikes, I got to get to first base. So he runs to first base. Except there's no defender at first base. The second baseman for the Pirates was snoozing. He sees Baez running to first base. The second baseman runs towards first base. The catcher throws to the second baseman covering first base, throws wide of the second baseman running toward first base. The ball caroms off that player. Javi Baez safe at first base. The run then counts. It had been safe. The run had scored before all these shenanigans, but now it counts. Javi Baez says, wow, where's the ball? They made an error. I'm going to go to second base. The ball's retrieved, thrown to second base, thrown away. Javi Baez safe at second. Three errors on the play, all because, let's break it down. The Pittsburgh first baseman. I'm not even going to say his name. Loyal listeners to nothing personal know exactly why I'm not going to say his name. (laughs) All he had to do was touch first base. In spring training, we do drills. Here's the drill. Do you know the rules of baseball? We start with that. Do you know that with two outs, runners can't score unless the hitter secures a bag? Any bag. Just secure it. That's why you have to hustle to first base. That's why as a defender, you are taught Do not ever chase a runner back to a bag where you don't have to tag that runner out. When a runner is trying to avoid you and it is a force out, not a tag out, you touch the base that the runner is running away from. It's a simple rule made complicated by me describing it in four sentences. T-T-F-B. It's a very simple rule. Touch the frickin' bag. 
except we don't say frickin'. I have to say that or else I think that we'd get a non-clean show. An NC-17 for saying I don't even understand why that happens. Oh, sorry, Coca. I actually can't believe I just did that. You probably edit that out. Javi Baez was asked about the play. He said, I remembered I still had to go back to first. I was pretty tired. It was a crazy play. I didn't think it was going to happen. The Pirates had a spokesman, a pitcher named Tyler Anderson. He said there should have been eight of us on the field yelling, just step on first. That's a whole team thing. It's on every single one of us. Eh. No, it's not. They're being good teammates. They're trying to cover up for their first baseman, WC. I didn't want you to think I didn't know who the first baseman was. Because I think sometimes you may think that I don't know what the first baseman is when I don't come up with a name or I can't think of. But maybe, maybe I do it in an attempt to be humorous, funny, ironic. Maybe it's just Friday. Never seen a play like that, Coca. Just never seen it. I don't think we're ever going to see it again. Do you know what else we may never see again? A damn Marlins victory when I choose him as the nothing personal pick of the day. Pablo Lopez pitched great. That's what we said would happen. I forgot that the Marlins can't hit. Except the Phillies stink too. Joe Girardi. Did you read about him? Manager decisions. He's not going to tell you anything. He's not going to talk to the media. We may talk about that later in the show if we get to it. If Coca lets me get to it. Anyway, the Marlins lost to the Phillies. We're 74 and 49. We're 25 games over. 25 games over. Not too shabby. I'm giving you three picks. I'm going NBA, NBA, MLB. I am watching sports this Memorial Day weekend because the weather is going to SU triple CK. I'm watching the Hawks Knicks tonight. I'm a New York Knicks fan. Madison Square Garden is the number one arena in the world. There's no close number two. It's the greatest arena in all of sports. It's better than AT&T Stadium in Dallas. It's better than Lambeau Field. It's the number one. Don't embarrass me by spitting on players. Knicks fan banned for spitting on Trey Young. Got to be ashamed of yourself. You're going to ruin it for the rest of us. Players talk in the clubhouse about people like you. Throwing popcorn, spitting, taunting. Fans are getting kicked out of every home game in the NBA right now. Home fans. Can't you just cheer for your team or heckle intelligently? Spitting. You ought to be ashamed. I'm, a, I'm embarrassed. But the Hawks are a better team. Hawks minus four tonight. I'm sorry, Nick fans. I really am. Hawks minus four. That's the Friday night pick of the day. Saturday. What about the Grizzlies Jazz Series? Rudy Gobert should win Defensive Player of the Year. Donovan Mitchell's back. John Morant. Probably the best player on the court. Sorry, Coca. Better than Donovan Mitchell, even though that's the one NFT I own. I wanted to tip my toes in NFT, so I bought Donovan Mitchell because I went to a jazz game in Utah with my son this year. First game I'd gone to since COVID. <laughs> By the way, I, Coca, if you want to laugh about an NFT, I can't find it. I wonder if it's like cryptocurrency and I'm going to die without knowing the password and that investment in the Donovan Mitchell NFT is just... Good luck, kids. Find that one. There's a grand in the shit. <laughs> Grizzlies plus five over the Jazz. It's too many points. 
John Morantz will make sure they cover. They may even win. That's Saturday. How about Sunday? I'm going to watch baseball and basketball. The Brewers are disappointing. They're around 500. They can't hit. They cannot hit. But I'll tell you what they can do is they can pitch. The Nationals are disappointing. They can't win. They've got Max Scherzer on the mound. Max Scherzer is finding his Cy Young form again, having another great year. And he's a free agent to be. Nationals may end up trading him. I have the Nationals. I think I have the Nationals going to the World Series this year in my uh, preseason pick, or that may have been last year. I can't remember. All I know is Strasburg stinks. Corbin stinks. Scherzer's amazing. Soto's still great. They can't hit. The Brewers have great pitching. There's a guy pitching named Woodruff, and I'm totally blanking on his first name. I believe it is Brandon Woodruff. Brandon? It doesn't even sound right. Brockmeyer? Hank? Anyway, Hank Woodruff over Max Scherzer. As good as Scherzer's been, Woodruff is better. Brewers win this game, and they won't be favored. Hawks minus four over the Knicks. Grizzlies plus five over the Jazz. Woodruff over Scherzer. Brewers over the Nats. Those are your weekend picks, and they're in early enough for you to jump on them. When we come back, I'm going to talk about Chandler, and I'm going to talk about Monica, and I'm going to talk about Rachel, and I'm going to talk about Ross and Joey and Phoebe and maybe Janice. Maybe not. Maybe Magnum P.I. Maybe not. And then we're going to catch up on some wait to sees that will make you smile. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet of the break. Thank you for everything you do for Nothing Personal. I do appreciate you. Still watch a movie every day. TV show something. HBO Max just dropped the Friends reunion. Friends is a TV show that ran from 1994 to 2004. For those of you born in 2000, you may never have watched it, even though it's been in syndication forever. It's a show about six people. They're friends. Get it? Friends. And it goes through their lives. There's love. There's loss. There's laughter. (laughs) L cubed. I wonder if that's how friends is described, Coca. There's love, loss, and laughter. Well, they had a reunion 17 years after the show went off the air. HBO did one hour and 43 minutes. James Corden hosted sort of a interview. I love James Corden. If you haven't seen James Corden in Begin Again, please watch Begin Again right now with Kira Knightley and Adam Levine, the tattooless Adam Levine. I think they must have digitally removed every tattoo in that movie, Coca. I didn't see one tattoo on that guy in Begin Again. And I just saw a picture of him shirtless on vacation and he's covered. Love it. What were we just talking about? Begin again. That's not the movie. What are we reviewing, Coca? The, hold on, I got to check. Friends! I watched the Friends reunion. Butterfly. Tweet, 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 tweet. So the Friends reunion, I cried. I smiled. 
and I was melancholy. Rarely does a show make me do all of those things, but when it does, that's a show I love. It felt like I was back home again, like slipping into a comfortable pair of pajamas or slippers or a pair of shorts or a ratted, tatted T-shirt. I don't mean tatted like tattooed, like uh, that maybe ratted tatted is not a right way to describe it. An old shirt that's been washed so many times, it's faded, it's got some holes, but when you put it on, it comes on so smoothly. It's stretched out enough in the collar that it fits over your head perfectly without messing up your hair. You know exactly where your arms go and it's just perfect. That's what tattered. Thank you, Coca. Coca's in my ear a lot on Fridays because I think Coca's more tired on Friday. I know I'm more tired on Friday after a week. My voice is shot. I've got swollen glands. I'm drinking tea so much. I've got a catheter in during the show. And sometimes I can't think of words. I really don't have a catheter. in. <laughs> I just sort of cross my legs because I can't get up in the middle of the show because we're live. I mean, sort of live. We're unedited. I can't say, Coco, hold on. I got to go to the bathroom, which I have to do, by the way, right now. And the more I talk about it, the more I hear makes me have to go more. I didn't think that worked, but I did it with kids, like as a camp counselor, and it totally works. Do you know what else works? When you put someone's hand in warm water, they pee in their bed. That really does work. That's a camp kunz, which is a, uh, a camp trick that you do. Anyway, what were we doing, Coca? Friends! The reunion was good. They brought back Tom Selleck, who played Monica, uh, Courtney Cox's uh, um, boyfriend. They showed clips. The only thing that made me sad is just the passage of time. Time passages. That's a song by someone named Al Stewart. That's a great song. And it makes me semi-sad. They're older. We're all older. When you look at clips of the show and then you look at them now, they're frozen in time, right? That's the beautiful part about syndication. That's the beautiful part about a high school reunion, right? That you don't go to. It's my 35-year high school reunion this year. Holy Christ, Coca. That's just outrageous. In any case, I feel like I'm still 25. I feel like I look like I'm younger than 53. I act like I'm 12. I have the emotional intelligence of a four-year-old. I'm on schedule, doing great. What were we talking about again? Friends reunion. If you watch Friends, you gotta watch it. If you didn't watch Friends, don't watch it. And while it is weird to see them age, we all age, except Benjamin Button, and me. I'm not going to age. I'm going full Peter Pan, except I'm not going to get plastic surgery. I'm not going to dye my hair. I haven't done any of those things. And I'm not going to do it. I have a few more grays that I noticed in front, by the way, Coco. How you doing if you're Liverpool? Are you happy right now? If you're John Henry, the owner of Liverpool, you good? You feel good about the Super League that you started and now you're out of? What about... Uh, Real Madrid, you happy? You good? Okay, just checking. I want to follow up on something. We do a lot of follow-ups here. Wait to Caesar when we follow up because we say talk about things that are happening. Back in April of 2021, on April 27, 2021, we had a wait to see. The wait to see is that UEFA will fine the Super League teams tremendously for their attempt to form a Super League. Guess what? They've done it. And they've done more. And the reason we're talking about it today is I hope with all the sports that you're going to watch this weekend that you're going to watch the match in Lisbon. It's the finals of the Champions League. And it's with Chelsea. Yep, Mikey's excited. 
against Man City. Man City's favored. Chelsea's going to win. They're going to win nil-nil. That's my prediction. Maybe, maybe 1-1. <laughs> so UEFA made an announcement, and it was brilliant because I wanted to win the wait to see. It's not really winning and losing a wait to see. It's me thinking something's going to happen, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But either way, I want to revisit things with you because it's the right thing to do. So April 27th, I said they're going to be fined, and guess what? They were, and a lot. I want to just tell you what the number was because it's so mind-boggling. Do you remember there were 12 Super League teams? Anyone? And do you remember nine of them? It lasted 24 hours, and nine of them left because they were such bad press. We did a bunch of shows on this. They started this league, just rich teams with rich owners trying to get rid of bad teams who they don't want to play and just play the good teams over and over, create this Super League like the Yankees, Red Sox, Cubs, Dodgers, just forming their own league. Sorry, Padres, you're not there yet. That wouldn't work. Or would it? Hmm. Well, guess what happened? Football fans overseas said, no chance. You're not doing this. And the owners of these teams backtracked faster than someone who sees a bear during a picnic. But UEFA was pissed. UEFA said, we cannot have, under any circumstance, a mutiny on this bounty. 100 million euros. Are you watching what I'm doing? Because my pinky is on my upper lip. 100 million euros. It's a lot of cash. They're only fine that under an agreement they signed. Nine of the 12 teams signed this agreement of penalty. 100 million euro fine if they ever seek again to play in an unauthorized competition ever. I don't know how long that can last. I'm not sure of a contract that lasts forever. An evergreen provision of $100 million? It's not impossible, but it's unlikely. 50 million euros if they breach any other commitment to UEFA. UEFA made an announcement. The measures announced are significant, but none of the financial penalties will be retained by UEFA. They're going to be reinvested into youth and grassroots football, blah, blah, blah. However, they said, this agreement is only with nine of the 12 teams. The other three, Coca, Real Madrid, Juventus, I think I'm saying that wrong, and... Barcelona are the three teams who have not agreed to these penalties. So what they said is, if you do not approve of these penalties, which they're calling reintegration measures, that's a funny word. I like it when we use big words to pretend that we're smart. Dumb it down, folks. Reintegration measures. Anyway, these three teams are subject to disciplinary bodies for additional sanctions. and they may be unable to participate in next year's Champions League. That's a big deal. How much money is at stake in the Champions League game? A lot, a lot. So we got that wait to see right. We got some others to talk about. You know, I wonder if John Henry, I just thought of this, Coca. Do we have a minute? Do we have a minute? I think we do. I wonder whether John Henry sits in bed at night, talking to Linda, his wife, saying, 
God, did we screw that up? Or does he sit in bed at night and say, you know, we're going to get our way. We're going to do this because the reason we did it in the beginning is to make more money. And while we could get fined 50 or 100 million euros, we're still going to do it because we're going to make more, but we're going to release it better. We're going to get everyone to support it. All the public will be behind it. Or maybe they just say, hey, pass the remote. I'm going to sleep. How's Noah Syndergaard doing? Good? Not so good. No good. Someone asked me a question about it, and I got to answer a quick question on Noah Syndergaard. Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. We are having a question. So you want to talk to Samson is when you get on Twitter, David P. Samson, ask me a question. Get into the DMs and there's a chance I'll answer. If you're going to ask about Noah Syndergaard on the day that Noah Syndergaard is deemed out until at least August, I'm probably going to answer it. If you know that I had to wait to see about Noah Syndergaard and you do a so you want to talk to Samson, I'm probably going to answer it. What will free agent contract of Noah Syndergaard look like? That's a simple question. Thank you for asking. Noah Syndergaard got shut down in his rehab from Tommy John. The Mets were hoping he'd be back in June as a trade deadline, quote unquote, acquisition. Even though it's not a real acquisition, it's just getting your own player back. But when the player's not in the rotation coming back from injury, we would always say to the players, this is funny. We would do this because we didn't want to necessarily spend money at the deadline because we were sort of on the fringe of being in it. But if an injured player is coming back, we, I, I'd go in the clubhouse, go to the food room and eat a salad, a schmear, and say, man, we're getting Syndergaard back. That's better than a deadline acquisition. And then there'd be an eye roll because players are not stupid. They knew that we were just saying that because we didn't want to spend money, but sometimes we would just trade a really good young pitcher in order to get someone else to give us a player and pay the contract. Syndergaard, setback. When you have Tommy John, here's how it works. You get a scar, your arm is immobilized. Then you have an opportunity to rehab. You start throwing, then you get on the mound, throw a simulated inning, then an inning, and there's a progression. There's gonna be setbacks always. They're expected. Actually, when there is a rehab timeline for Tommy John, we work into the timeline when a, when a starter is going to miss 12 to 14 months or reliever 10 to 12 months. And the reason why it's shorter is they don't have to, you don't have to build up the arm of a reliever the way you do a starting pitcher. You work into that timeline a setback. So Mets fans were really hoping it was just a setback yesterday, but it's not. They're shutting him down and they announced that he is out until at least August. They announced this after the May 26th, 2021 wait to see, which was Noah Syndergaard is gonna be out until at least a month that starts with an A, not a month that starts with a J. Do you remember that? I think that was a show from two days ago. That's a yes. So what do you do if you're the Mets and he doesn't come back at all and he will have gone two years without pitching? You gonna give him 100 over five? NAC, not a chance. You're going to give him 60 over three, NAC, not a chance. Is any team going to give him what he thought he was worthy of before he got hurt? 
he was easily a 20 to $25 million pitcher. If Trevor Bauer is a $40 million pitcher, gag me with a spoon. But if he's a $40 million pitcher, Noah Syndergaard pre-TJ is above TB. He'd be at two score plus annually. Not anymore. The reason why is that he will not be able to prove health this season. When we go to the owner and say, we want money to sign this free agent, we want to be able to say, yeah, I know he was hurt, but he came back and started five games. We saw five games. He looks great. He has recovered from Tommy John. He's throwing a buck one, 99, 98. His curveball, he's throwing for strikes. His slider's fine. His changeup is great. He's good. We, we need to give him 40 years. No risk here, I promise. You can't say that if he hasn't come back at all. You can't do it based on a bullpen or based on a showcase. Remember what I told you about showcases? Yeah, showcases don't matter. They're not real. Johnny Doe will be having a private workout on Thursday to showcase his immeasurable talents that we're going to measure at approximately $15 million per year. No. You've got to get into a major league game if you've had Tommy John, not a rehab start, not a minor league game. You've got to be in a major league park facing major league hitters with your newly reconstructed elbow. So what kind of contracts are you going to get? The Mets may give him one. He's got his best chance, actually, with the Mets. I hope that Sandy Alderson is teaching Steve Cohn about the two-year post-Tommy John incentive-laden contract. That's when you sign a player to a guaranteed base of call it five million bucks per year, but then you pay them millions of dollars per start. So as an example, he could get $40 million over two years or $60 million over three years, but it will only come with pitching. And you can control that if you're the Mets or any team who signs him, because if he comes back and he stinks, you just don't start him. Then you don't have to pay him. You can just release him because your guaranteed exposure is de minimis. Noah Syndergaard will not get an eight-figure free agent deal. That's 10 million or more for those of you counting at home. The reason he will not is that he's not coming back this year. He's not going to pitch. There's no time for him to build up and get back. Now, the Mets could pivot and say, we're going to rehab Noah to just be in our pen for the stretch run. They could do that. And Syndergaard could prove health from a bullpen standpoint. That could help his guarantee in a free agent situation, but it will not get him anywhere near what a starting pitcher of his talent would get. I'm fascinated by what will happen with Noah Syndergaard. I don't think I'd even sign him. Okay, another way to see. Do you have any recollection back in December of 2019? We started this show October. Do you know, Coke? I don't even know the date of our first show. I want to say October 7th, but I don't know why that date's in my mind. In any case, we've kept track of wait to see since the beginning of time. There was a lawsuit. It was October 14th. Thank you, Coca. What was the seventh? Is that when we did the rehearsals? Have we ever told the story of the rehearsals of nothing personal? OMG. Yeah, we don't have time. 
I know we don't have time, Coca. Stop interrupting me. We got to get to the wait to see. On December 18th, 2019, there was a lawsuit filed in Utah by a guy named Shane Keisel. Shane Keisel filed a $100 million lawsuit against Russell Westbrook and the Utah Jazz because at that game, He taunted Russell Westbrook. He got kicked out. He got his season tickets taken away. He sued because Westbrook must have done something. Who knows what? The Jazz were wrong for kicking him out. And I said on that day, I've had suits like this. The juice is not worth the squeeze. Settle. I've told you stories about some suits that I wouldn't settle. Some suits I'm going all the way. You're going to claim that you got hit in the head with a ball thrown into the stands. You weren't paying attention. We're not giving you money. We're going all the way. Yeah, we got to pay lawyers fees, but we're going all the way. The exposure is not big enough. We do a calculation. Sometimes I'm just in a bad mood and I don't want to settle. Although most times it's based on math. I didn't think that there'd be anything other than a settlement in this case because Utah It's a $100 million lawsuit. It's new ownership. You want to just get rid of it, right? Have it done. So you give give them a dollar or two. Utah wouldn't settle it. I lost the wait to see. Guess what Utah did instead? They won the whole damn case. Just the other day, the Utah Jazz had that case thrown out of court by the judge. Done finished. Sorry, Shane Keisel. You get no money for you. Nothing. Try not to taunt next time. That's a loss in the wait to see. I got a wait to see for you right now, though. It's today's wait to see. And here's what it is. Naomi Osaka will meet the press during the French Open. What am I even talking about? I got to give you some sort of frame of reference, don't I? This is a complicated subject, and I'm going to touch on it because you know I talk about mental health, whether it's on this show or on Levitard. Mental health to me matters. It's not talked about. People are shunned for talking about it, and they shouldn't. When an NBA player discusses his depression or anxiety, people think they're weak, not me. I think you're strong. Osaka said that I'm not going to meet the media during the French Open. I'm not doing any press conferences. I'm not talking to any of you because you guys don't care about my mental health. You ask me how I'm doing, I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm crappy when I lose. I'm happy when we win. I'm sick and tired of the media trying to make me feel badly or feel worse than I already feel. So I'm not talking to you at all. Meanwhile, she may get fined $20,000 for every press conference she misses. I've got a suggestion for Osaka. And I don't want this to come off wrong because you know where I stand on mental health. But don't use mental health as a sword. Don't say that you're not going to do part of your job when what your job is is to not just play tennis on the court. Your job is also to talk to the media, the very media that promotes your sport that allows you to make $53 million off the court. 
the very media that promotes your sport and allows you to play in a tournament where you can win several million dollars for winning the tournament, which you're favored to do. Don't bite the hand that feeds you because then you're going to get a little hungry. And if you have a mental health issue, I'm in. Then don't answer the question if it makes you uncomfortable, but sit there and do your job. You want to go full Marshawn Lynch? Do it. Remember Marshawn Lynch when he was interviewed? I'm only doing this so I don't get fined. Marshawn, what do you think about the game on Sunday? I'm only doing this so I won't get fined. Hey, Marshawn, how you feeling? Quad's good. Hammy's good. I'm only doing this so I won't get fined. Naomi, I got an idea. If someone asks you a question during the French Open Press Conference and you want to answer it, say, I'm only doing this because I won't get fined. Or better yet, why not use your platform to educate people about mental health? When Coke and I were preparing for the show today, not knowing whether we'd get to this, but we did, Coca said, I don't get it. Why doesn't she just sit there and answer every question with dialogue about mental health? Answer every question with, here's what I feel. Here's the help I'm getting. Here's the medicine I'm taking. Here's what you can do to get better and there's no stigma attached. But Naomi, I was asking about the third point of the second game of the first set. Thank you for asking that. What I was talking about is how I feel right now. I've got a platform and I'm going to use it. Instead, she comes off like a petulant child. I got to wait to see. She's going to give in. Her agent's going to get to her and say, this is not the hill to die on. Meet the media. Maybe she will use her platform for something better, Coca. I hope she does. I hope that you end this show and end this week knowing, first of all, on Osaka, you understand I'm not going after her. I'm trying to help. I'm not saying she doesn't have mental health, health issues or the media can't be a bear because they can. But the answer is you still have to do your job. Did we get it in, Coca? Are we in under the wire? That's our show. Remember, it's just business. This is nothing personal. 